coming for warming Lots of talking but never ever gets boring Rounding up the humorous stuff in the news about Mormons Welcome everybody, once again here we are, this weekend more We are here bringing you the latest in Latter-day Saint news and commentary I'm delighted to be here. My name is Jeff Openshaw. Please visit us at thisweekendmormons.com. Subscribe to the show however you get podcasts. And leave us a review if you like what you hear, like on iTunes or wherever else. You can even find us on Spotify now. We've had an increased Spotify listener base of late. So hop on the old Spotify and subscribe that way if you're into it. Yada, yada, yada. I'll get to more of that stuff later. Uh, I would like to welcome once again to the studio none other than Josefina Glave. Oh. Oh. This is a nice spin. You know I'm not a up. Josephine? No, I know you're Jocelyn. Oh, okay. Oh, good on you. How you doing, Jeff? I take the time to know, to love oh, and know oh, the oh, people oh, that I love and know. It is appreciated. I'm well, a little tired. Kids are crazy. I know many of our listeners are parents, and every now and then you just have one of those nights when... Uh, tonight, it was the dinner. We just wound up getting it served too late. There's a window that your kids are used to based on how you've like groomed them, basically, when you can have dinner and it's going to be fine. If you get out of the lane on that and then still do dinner, your chances of success diminish substantially. And that is what we face tonight. So is uh, it like they, do they not want to eat? Or are they just like ravenous and they're super hungry? No, no. Well, they get emotional because they're hungry. They're, they get hangry, basically. And then, and then they cross the line and don't want to eat anything uh, oh. I had my, my four-year-old was freaking out about his burrito because he saw it has rice in it uh he's eaten burritos with rice i don't even know how many times but tonight it was like no rice could no not rice. He, he was having a complete episode about it and uh and even on top of that he likes to eat everything with ketchup like we give him ketchup for his burrito and that's what he likes so oh uh, no but little what rice- are you raising I, little rice <laughs> granules got in the ketchup, and that threw, just sent him over oh, the line. No. Where he was like, "There is something in the ketchup," and he just <laughs> it, he uh, just he couldn't do it. The kids had a hard time tonight. Oh. Uh, even when I was putting him to bed, he just started crying for no reason, and I was like, "Dude, what's going on?" He's like, "I don't know." And, <laughs> That is that is a little tough toddler life. Usually, I have I have pretty good kids, but every now and then you just have an off night, and that's what happened tonight. But otherwise, major meltdown. Otherwise, everything here is just absolutely splendid. You know, had a nice weekend. Oh, living in paradise over there. Except sure, rice gets in your ketchup. What'd you do over the weekend? Nothing crazy. Oh, do we ever do anything crazy? No. Well, I don't know. Really, you said but... it was really nice, so I thought. Well, it was nice. The oh, weather was good. I mean, su- sun- Sunday Sunday night, I went on a walk with the boys to the lake in our development, and we oh, we cool. fed we fed the turtles and the fish that are in the lake and hung out, and it was. Aww. Virginia can be nice. It's nice on the back end of summer because the weather isn't as oppressive, so we're kind of coming out of it slowly, yeah. and that's nice. But go ahead and talk to me about humidity. Jeff. I would like to. Go, we go have ahead. it here, and I imagine it rivals Singapore mm. greatly. I'm and sorry. Wh- where is Virginia in relation to the equator? And then check Singapore. Let's compare notes. I believe they are equidistant from the, their respective equators, the multiple equators that we have on this planet of ours. Uh, maybe you want to check the map again. 
No, no, I feel no, confident just... <laughs> about this. <laughs> All right, I studied well, a lot of geography in college. I know uh, things. Mm, mm, I, I, I believe that. Anyway, yeah, losing that's... losing a bit of faith. Stuff was good. You know, church was nice on Sunday. We had a good lesson based on President Eyring's talk from the priesthood session last conference about sustaining leaders, and it actually led to a pretty interesting discussion amongst the brethren about like what it what it really meant to sustain, especially if you were to what it means when you're sustaining when we like raise our hand and sustain somebody. Cause there were many who assumed that, you know, it's a done deal when someone's called to something. I'm sure you've all heard this, you know, it's a done deal, you're called to it. It doesn't doesn't matter how we vote, quote unquote. We're just kind of there to give it the thumbs up and say, cool, cool. But it does actually say in the guidelines, if someone were presented and the people like overwhelmingly oppose the motion, then that person should not serve in that capacity. Now, the difference is the people do not nominate someone to replace them. That is done via revelation. That is done through the Lord. But if for some reason the people are just like completely against it, it is assumed that that person cannot serve them uh, effectively. So that's interesting because we're not like a democracy per se, but the voting element does matter. If you were in your state conference and for some reason the majority of your stake raised their hands to oppose the sustaining of the stake president, that er- the Area 70 visiting would have a busy afternoon, basically yeah, um, no calling kidding. up Salt Lake and seeing what was going on. Anyway, so that was, it's yeah, it was good. How was your uh, weekend and How's things going? Uh, well, we had state conference, um, mm. and our stake did not get reorganized again. So it's um, that's good because they did that like a year ago, didn't they? <laughs> well, it's that the, long ago? it's the second time since our stake president has um, been serving that the stake has been reorganized. So I think the people here in the state kind of feel a bit like they do when President Nelson gets up, and it's sort of like, "Ooh, what's happening now?" Now. Oh, and yes. then actually nothing really happened this time. Um, so it was okay. Um, yeah, just some nice talks. Not a whole lot to report on with. Yeah, not a whole lot of Singapore news. Um, most of what they're doing Shameful. in the church. I know. Most of what we've got going on this year is just a series of events because um, we're celebrating Singapore or the church in Singapore for its 50 year anniversary. So they have like okay, that's concerts. Cool, it is cool. Yeah. So they had like a pioneer day where they had a lot of the, um, um, not like a, obviously not a Utah pioneer day, but, um, people who remembered, um, you know, being in the church when it first started, started off here. And basically it kind of, I, w- I wasn't actually able to attend this, but it sounded kind of like a, get together and listen to the oldies chat about the olden days, which actually I think would have been quite cool to hear about what it, like, Singapore has changed so much, um, you know, even in like a decade. So it would have been actually very interesting to hear about what it was like 50 years ago for them and um, hearing about the church. Because it was essentially, like, initially I think some expats who came over brought the church along and then um some missionaries were obviously eventually able to come and then now we're at where we are today i mean you know a few more bumps in the road since then but here we are and now, it's, it's working uh, 
Singapore, you know, is a multi-ethnic country, multi-religious country. Of the church membership, what would you say the ethno or ethno-linguistic makeup kind of is for the church in Singapore? Yeah, I've been trying to figure this out because there is definitely a lot of expats. But I also think that what I see in my ward is a little bit skewed because when you're closer into the city, then you're going to have um, uh, more expats than you would, say, um, out in like drawn to the... Um, west or out towards like Chengi, the airport towards the east, that sort of thing. Um, um, so state conference, I actually think was a much better blend, whereas sometimes in our in my ward, it almost kind of feels 50-50. That's probably not like actually accurate, but sometimes this is 50-50 what, like. what though? What's the mix? Oh, like of expats and then of um, Singaporeans, usually of like Chinese or Malaysian descent. Um, but then like our bishop, he's um, Filipino. There, There is a... Um, the state president's French or something, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. So our state president, correct, he's French. Um, family friend of ours, which is also probably why I sat on the... Um, a little bit further back because he has a tendency to call on people at state conference. <laughs> so I was like, hello, Jean-Luc. I did my little bonjour and bisou. And I'm like, I'm out. I'm going to step back a little bit. Um, um, but yeah, so it, it is a good mix. Um, I would say that, oh, there's, there is, we only have one ward that's not specifically like an English ward. Everything else has been mixed together. That was one of the original changes that our president had done. Um, but we do still have, I think it's a Tagalog ward. I should double check this. Um, and for specifically for uh, helpers, usually predominantly Filipino. Okay. Yeah. Um, and There's they a lot say. Going on. Yeah, and they were our choir, actually, at state conference, and it was delightful. So we had a good time. So you're living it up. Living good it up. Happening. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Trying to, anyways. So. Well, well, good. This was a great show. I'm glad we were all here today to learn about this and the exciting talk life. About our, talk about our lives at state conference? Oh, well, there's always a little <laughs> bit of it. I mean, I don't have much more to add on the fun on my life front because, you know, I spent the weekend, I went to the car dealership because of a recall. You know, fun things like that that you oh. do. Party on, right? That's life. That's what we do. It's fun. And that's okay. So, interesting things have happened in the past week. I think um, there's a number of, you know, small little stories, but I think we have some cool heavy items too that we'll get to related to Latter-day Saints, which which could be very interesting. And we'll see how we mix it up. You know, we we don't plan out what we do and when, everybody. We just go with the flow. Maybe we but should. I will lead off with one of our bigger ones this week. Uh, as the church continues, it's, it's not a rebrand rebranding that we've been doing for the past year, you know, to try to not say Mormon and, su- and stuff, or say LDS for that matter. Uh, so to continue that effort, the church announced just a few days ago, that it is changing the name of both LDS Charities and LDS Family Services to Latter-day Saint Charities and Family Services, respectively. And what I mean to say is Family Services has no identifier in front of it. It's just called Family Services. Like, it's the one. It's the Family Services for the whole world, apparently. The one and only. Um, some of my, I have some contacts that have worked at family services have and do work. And, uh, in general, there's kind of an eye roll about this internally. It seems that's anecdotal, but that's what I've been told. Um, 
And on my end, I don't get it. I'm so, okay with all the mm. name changing stuff. Like, why not call it Latter Day Saint Family Services? I don't understand why you wouldn't do that unless you're reach broadening out to serve the whole community. But the church, I don't think, is still doing that. I think Family Services is still primarily reserved for. Latter-day Saints, even though, of course, others can use it, but I don't think it's being pitched that way. You were well, raising so, your hand, Jody. Yeah, I, 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 this was my thinking face. Point of which, order! <laughs> I have something to say, which is that I thought the whole point of this name change was to not be identified either by LDS or by Latter-day Saints, because the m- important part was the Church of Jesus Christ. So why are we going with Latter-day Saint Charities? That one's okay. And then, obviously, just nothing really to identify on family services. Isn't that still kind of missing the point? I would that's, agree. It's, that's it's, kind it's of my the other, gap it's the other here. side of it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of with your anecdote on the eye roll. <laughs> Maybe this. I feel like we talked about this when it first happened, and I was initially, oh, I'm skeptical. But then I could see where the prophet was coming from. Now I'm kind of just back to being skeptical on this. But there, I feel like there's already a very clear divide of people saying, you know, um, almost, almost it being like another one of those things to not attack, but like be a little bit judgmental on someone if like, oh, they said Mormon, things aren't going well for them versus I slipped and I said Mormon or I said LDS or I didn't fully say, Latter-day Saint Charities. I don't know. It's just, um, I, I what are your thoughts, Jeff? I'm well, back I'm to with the skepticism you. And it's also, on this it's all, whole rebrand. It, no, it's funny that you mentioned it that way, too, because I think we're going to get into some other stuff this week that uh, that dovetails nicely with this concept. Is this of, the Jenna Reese article? No, no, no. That, oh, that okay. too. But I mean, just the general concept of, you know, well, fall in line. Why aren't you listening to the prophet? The church has said this. So, you know, Yes. Figure it out and do it. Yeah. And and yet we will discuss some other things in a little bit that are sort of the other side of that that are kind of ironic and funny in a way. Um, so is and, anyone and, outside of the church going to find us? Well, no, I guess you, I guess you, you you wouldn't find family services if you were outside of the church because it's pretty much only for church members. All right, I answered. My that's question. true. But if you only Google family services, are we ever going to come up? We don't rank anywhere at all. Surprise. At all, at all, at all. Maybe it's, we're hoping for a little SEO miracle. Like, Heavenly Father's just going to tap someone on the shoulder at Google and say, hey, hey, bump that up, please. Yeah. That's all so, I got, because it's not working right now. <laughs> I mean, that's fine. You know, you know, we're, we're kind of at war with SEO anyway, with all the changes we've been doing. Fine. You know, the Lord wants this, and I'm with you. Like, I struggle yeah. in this way. O- openly, mm-hmm. I do, because the the communications professional side of me that sees this, and I'm just like... We're doing it wrong. Why? Why? Yeah. Why? Why, why? why all of it? Or just doing like, why? Yeah, it seems weird. It seems that we don't fully develop these ideas beforehand. But then the other side of me that is that strives to be a faithful Latter-day Saint hit, hits myself in the head and says, come on, like, for whatever reason, President Nelson feels that this is what needs to be happening. This is the will of the Lord. This is what we need to be doing. So let's like rally behind it and just support it and not pick it apart. And I struggle, yeah. I, and I struggle with that because I want to pick it apart. I want to understand, and and in some cases, I feel like it is fair to wonder for consistency's sake, especially in this case. Why is it not Latter Day Saint Family Services? Everything else is Latter Day Saint something for the most part. 
I mean, a lot of our apps and things like that have been rebranded, but those are different. You know, now if you look at, uh, you know, Gospel Library or Tools or the music app is called Inspirational Music. You know, they've they've tweaked a lot of stuff. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. No, they've they've. I they've, shouldn't be laughing. I'm clearly. Ooh. Look, when I listen to the talks about it, and when I listen to um, President Nelson or the other um, general authority speak on this, I'm like, yeah, I feel it. And then every day, it's just the functionality of it that I kind of just cringe a bit and like it's just not working yeah eh. yeah anyways i mean this is i got i can move off that soapbox we can move on no i know it's okay it's it is curious <laughs> though i wonder how many things are left that will be i'm a little curious do you think that they kept way? the old domains i feel like that's well, really the... yeah. well well they're all redirects now i mean i still by habit yeah. just type in lds.org when i yeah, go to the church true. website I do you think I've got the keystrokes to waste to type in churchofjesuschrist.org slash LCR when I need to do stuff for my calling? No. Yeah. I yeah, I don't. I so don't either. They, they will forever own the original URLs. Those aren't going to go anywhere. I think well, I don't think good. they will ever, ever get rid of them. There is zero reason to do it. They will always be set up as a redirect for those who are searching, and that will be that. By the way, since you were, you kind of were interested in it, so what, what they've named some of the apps. By the way, LDS Tools is now called Member Tools. The LDS Media Library is Gospel Media. LDS Music is Sacred Music. I'm sorry. The LDS Sing Along app is called Sing Along Hymns. There's a Sing Along app? Evidently. What? Um, the, the Gospel Library does get to keep its name. So, congratulations. Oh, okay. And of course, uh, LDS Seminary and Institute will also just remove LDS from their name. So, that's another just quiet example. Seminary of, and Institute. Of, of no modifier. Hey. <laughs> Seminary. And everyone's gonna we don't like, need one of these. Everyone's going to say, "Are you enough. becoming a monk?" Is that what's going to go, what's going on here? I don't know exactly. Um, but I do. I do liken this whole thing to saying, like I, we said in the article, it's like if your high school was just called high school. I said, "Where do you go?" I go to high school. High school. Don't and you know everyone's the one? High school was called high school. How would you know? I don't know. Weird stuff all around. It's a good um, point. You mentioned Jana Reese, though. I think that kind of plays with this. What, what about the what's the Jana Reese article? Uh, she had a uh, horrible headline. Now I'm trying to find it. Where did it go? Ah, there it is. Something about later. like how we were going one year later on the war on the word Mormon. I don't yeah, know. It's, it's war. It's the war. I was actually more upset about the fact that like it's not just a word. It was a name. I don't know. I was getting a bit pedantic about it. Oh. Um. So. Uh, she basically just has a bunch of charts that I'm currently trying to pull up about, um, like mostly like what people Google, um, when they're trying to find the church, right? And like, uh, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints full name was like always at the bottom, just crawling above, like maybe one or two people were typing that in. Yeah. Everything else was significantly more. Um, searching for Mormon. And I don't actually think that a whole lot of that has changed. Um, not much. Like, yeah. she, she says it's changed yeah. a little bit, it seems. Yeah, but not by much. I mean, it sounds like, uh, again, anecdotally, but between most people, even in the church, it's just so much faster to just Google LDS or Mormon. Like when I'm searching for news for this, you know, I've, I actually tried. I made an effort. I typed in the full name of the church. And do you know what? Uh, not much was coming up when I had to go to actually search for news. Everything's Mormon news. So, um, I think we got a little ways to go. Um, that's well, all I got really from well, the that, article. That, 
That's charts. Evident. No, it's a cool article. I mean, the chart she uses Google Trends, which you know analyzes all the search terms. Uh, I like that she looked at Utah's uh, searching. So it used to be about from 2004 to the present, 90% of the searches were for Mormon over Latter-day Saints for those 15 years. But in the last year, since President Nelson's announcement, that has shifted, at least in Utah, to only 72% uh, to 28% Mormons to Latter-day Saints. So Utah is obviously, you know, Utah but I mean, is the bellwether. Once again, we're still kind of coming back to the fact that like President Nelson didn't really want to be known by Latter-day Saints either. He was more along the lines of like Church of Jesus Christ. He was, but I think t- as far as the way to refer to the people, they're pretty okay with Latter-day Saints, even though in the past uh, they've even said Mormons was okay. Like, we can be Latter-day Saints. We can be Latter-day Saints. But you definitely don't want to call the church, and this is where I get lost on this issue, and this is me being pedantic, where I talk about what do we call the church and what do we call its adherents, which are different people, different things and different standards. Like, don't call the church the Mormon church, the LDS church, the Latter-day Saint church, call it by its proper name. The people, that's where it's been a bit different, where before the guidelines kind of always been about the church's name, what I just said. But now we're talking more about how the people refer to themselves. So don't say you're a Mormon, say you're a member of the church of the Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Or as you did rightly say, President Nelson has suggested that journalists actually refer to the church as the church or of Jesus Christ, just the church of Jesus Christ, or the restored gospel of Jesus Christ, which no journalist is going to do because that is assuming an analysis. <laughs> well, it's, it's assuming an yeah. analysis or a truth that journalists just wouldn't embrace because it's, you know, they're, no journalist is going to say, well, it is true that this is the restored church. So I will go with that. That's Yeah. Uh, unless it's the official name, um, no one's, no one's going to use that. Which means we should nice clearly idea. change the church's name. Change it again. There we go. We had some good That'll listener help. feedback. We actually had some good uh, <laughs> listener feedback on this. Where was this? Let me. We were talking about this a couple of weeks ago. Let me uh, switch my inbox real quick. It is I, kind of one of those things that keeps springing back up. That um, it's one of those that sometimes I wonder: Are we getting a little too caught up in the what's in a name kind well, of the situation versus? Uh, I don't know. Are there we, more we, important we, things? Maybe this is bad. No, no, we're good. Well, we are spreading blasphemy. This was a great, uh, a great email from a listener a couple of weeks ago from Mike. I appreciated Mike reaching out about this. So good job, Mike. uh, One thing we talked about is, you know, the uh, the church's name as revealed in the Doctrine and Covenants. You know, later on they added Latter Day Saints, all sorts of things, and and part of that I believe is just legal ease because we don't own the trademark to just the Church of Jesus Christ dot org. I accidentally said the uh, Hendrickites on that podcast. By the way, it's the Bickertonites, which I remembered, but I just misspoke, which is Alice Cooper, the rock star's family. He was raised that way. But we even talked about, we wondered why we call it ladder hyphen underscore day saints. And the main reason behind that is because the majority of church members at the time were British immigrants, and that follows the British standards for English. So when we had to differentiate ourselves... Brigham Young adopted adopted the British Convention for hyphenating the name, hyphenating the name, which is very interesting to me. So go figure. And that's and that was no to idea. differentiate ourselves from the Strangites who followed James Strang, who said latter day no hyphen uppercase D, but with the same uppercase church name. D? Okay. Because 
So that's why we have the lowercase one. We basically followed an old British convention and we kept it around. And then because, you know, other reasons we don't own some sort of trademarks now. Interesting stuff, folks. Well, clearly another prophet along the way wasn't quite willing or brave enough to attempt removing or doing anything to that hyphen. President Nelson's been the only one brave enough to give this a go. I have to wonder, though, how much money... And it's working out swimmingly. I've actually heard from some internal sources the church has attempted a few times now to purchase the domain for thechurchofjesuschrist.org from the Bitcoinites, because yeah. they own it, and that church has not budged on the issue. How much, so how I, much are I, they charging? I don't, yeah, I don't know, <laughs> but at some point, it'll be enough, because like we've seen the community of Christ decide it made financial sense to part with historic sites like Hans Mill. And I'm sure on that front too, I guarantee the church is in constant discussions to try to like buy the Kirtland Temple back and stuff like that. Oh, I bet. They're going to be on this. Anyway, speaking of the prophet, President Nelson is on one of those uh, those world tour swings. Victory here. lap kind of thing. I is this love one a victory these. lap? <laughs> he's, yes. staying in the West, he's staying in mostly the Western Hemisphere, a little bit of Eastern. Yes. So he's going, where is he going? He's going to, well, he was he just Guatemala? in Guatemala? Well, he's... he's just in or was or is right now, yeah, as we speak. So he's in Guatemala, Colombia, Ecuador, Argentina, and Brazil. Yeah, beautiful. So the thing that I don't quite understand about this is he's spending, you know, he's going to like five countries in nine days. Yeah. Um, it's always nine days. Like, Is it always nine days? I've Well, the, I think the one in the in Asia Pacific um, was nine days. And he, like almost only spends like one or two days maybe in each place and there's so yeah. much flying around and there's part of me that thinks wouldn't it be easier on a elderly gentleman to like make <laughs> make the trip but then stay a bit you know there's like, no time for that man he's an executive he's got people to see yeah but that's why he's going down there right is because he's got people to see so why not like stay two days maybe even two and a half Ooh. And well, like, is, yeah, you know, recover you a little that. bit and see more people. It's funny you mentioned that because what, uh, which one was it? There, there was an article, one of these articles supporting this whole trip. The author was really wrapped up in how many miles he's flying. Oh boy. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's the one at the uh, Deseret News on their, uh, their US and world featured section, but it really goes out of its way to say like, here's what it goes. He's going to go on a bunch of flights totaling 2,900 miles, then another 1,100 mile flight, and then a 384 mile flight, then 4,475 4, miles later. What, who else does all this for two weeks before their 95th birthday? I don't know. It was a weird, a weird way. To all right. Go at it. Yeah. But I mean, why he does it, uh, there's another article that kind of talks about this. I mean, the bottom line is, it's good. Like anyone in a leadership position does this and you can't stay for very long, but you go sure. and you go to rally the troops. I mean, the I'm, the saints in Guatemala got to enjoy the prophet speaking. You know, there's almost 300,000 Latter-day Saints in Guatemala alone. There's two temples there. And when was the last time you heard of any church leader spending any kind of significant time in Guatemala, not for a, just like a temple dedication? That's why I think it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's great. Um, Especially since I remember thinking, like, uh, maybe sometime when I was a teenager or something. Anyways, years ago, there was a point um, where I thought that 
um, we'd kind of been told that general authorities weren't going to travel as much. Um, did you hear this rumor? Is that this, was when you was were a, a kid. Thing? Times have changed then, was it? Rosie. You're right. so much Well, I just, I'm just saying, there was a thing where like they weren't traveling as much except for, as you say, temple dedications, um, because the, the impression was sort of like, you know, we're kind of older guys and like the church is big. And so we're just doing like general conference sort of thing. But I do feel like that's changed. And maybe that's just another President Nelson thing. Maybe it was never actually a thing. And I just heard a rumor. But um, that's a definite possibility. Um, but no, I think it's great. Yeah, President um, Nelson's interesting. Like it, it mentions the first ministry tour, as they call it, which is so evangelical sounding, but I'll get behind it. Um, his first one when he went to Europe, he was in London or started in London last April of 2018. Um, he explained his desire. He said, quote, the Lord's message is for everyone. This is a global work. Whenever I'm comfortably situated in my home, I'm in the wrong place. I need to yeah. be where the people are. We need to bring them the message of the Savior. So, you know what? I think it's great. I don't know when the last time was I saw a prophet traveling around. I mean, President Monson, you know, couldn't near the later years, but that just wasn't his jam. So this is what we do now. He, and he always travels with the impossible, his opening act. And the wife, of course. Let's, let's not forget the wife is always a featured player yep. nowadays. Yep. That's good. It's good stuff. I mean, why not? So. Make everyone feel good. Um, I, I think I like the most that, as well that he's just kind of coming back to the basics, which I think was another one of our articles as well with what he spoke about in Guatemala. It's basically like, remember to pray, guys. You know, nothing, nothing life-changing, no more changing the name of the church, no more like this and that on Still doing the word that. of wisdom, like no big surprises. It's just like, hey, guys, as you say, rally people together, make them feel a bit united, and just remember... We are here to pray, be good people, say nice things, et cetera, you know, be a, be a decent human being. And probably there's some giving comfort to people having a hard time along the way. So I think it's great. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, isn't that kind of what the whole ministry thing was supposed to be about? So exactly. good on you. See, you've got to figure it out. He's got it. Um. Oh, I'm getting a wave. I'm taking it away. Well, let's do international news because that's uh, that's my jam. Um, but we've kind of already hit one of those, which is um, President Nelson is out and about. Um, so we have as well the we mentioned this, I think, last month, which was that the Africa areas were being divided. Um, that's not a good way to describe this um the actual church district for administration affairs has um been separated into african central and the, what was the other one just africa south right yeah, yeah anyways yeah. so they just announced new this area. is a quick little one they've just announced um the area headquarters for the central area will be in nairobi kenya is this a surprise? Were you expecting it anywhere else? I mean, it is mostly just um, an admin head. I could see it happening in other countries that are... I could see it being in the DRC, perhaps, but okay. they speak more anyway. English in, in Kenya, there. so maybe that's Yeah, helpful. I don't yeah. think anyone's... Yeah, that's probably true. Um, anyways, so there you go. Good uh, Good job, Nairobi. Um, good, on, good on ya. <laughs> good on ya. <laughs> Um, there, let's see, there was a little service project sort of thing. Actually, this might be ongoing in Ontario. Some K 
Canadian news for you people. Oh, um, no. Yes. So there's some um, LDS. No, Mormon. Ah, what do I say? There are some nice women. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. Get it together, Joe. Who, who are... People aren't going to take us seriously. Oh, man. Yep. So they're going to um, the local prisons and recording... Um, women who are incarcerated there, like them reading books to their children and their grandchildren. I think this is a, a larger charity or organization that does this, but we're getting involved with it so that um, um, there can be closer communication between someone who's in prison with their kids. Good job, people. Um, and then we have, this is kind of a slim, this is another slim month for international news, let's be honest. Uh, we've had a lot of like interfaith meetings. Talking events, about it. You've got which, like seven articles linked here. That's not slim. Eh, you're doing- well, but I mean like they're not, there's nothing like, woohoo, big ones. Like we're just about one step away from our bird watching one in New Zealand. Like, let's be honest. That was it's a, never that, was never that far off. But um, I do like the interfaith meetings because I like seeing that internationally. These are kind of always going on and we just don't think or hear about them. So um, we had the Australian High Commissioner go to New Zealand, meet with some um, church leaders in Wellington. And we had some Christian leaders get together in India. Where was this? Um, Bengaluru. Bengaluru, which is where we're going to have a temple. Whenever is it? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Maybe I missed that one. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. They're talking about common Christian beliefs, and then, um, and then we had one in Austria, where two men from the Austrian Church Council of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, because that's not enough, um, met with um, the Islamic religious community to discuss, like you know, what they can do in their communities, promote religious freedom, that sort of thing. And uh, Jeff, have you ever heard of what this like Austrian Church Council? of the church is no is this a thing because i like india kind of has something similar where they have the indian society of the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints like what how is this a different body you normally I, know this administration i i don't know this i usually try to ignore yeah. austria because oh. they're not members of nato so well i would love more european news so i'll do better is if there's someone in like Lithuania or Estonia, Lithuania is not going to help. There's, I, I want more church news from other places. Actually, that's all. I could, okay, I will. I'll try to get on the European beat for you as a Eurofile. Can you? I can try. All right. I can't well, guarantee anything. I mostly only had like French stuff covered for a while and a little bit in the UK, but Eastern Europe. I would love to hear what's going on. I remember I once learned a fun stat after crunching some numbers that uh, the country of Malta had the highest number of institute students per capita in Europe. Really? Malta. I mean, not the most overall. Malta Malta itself only has like 300,000 people, but the most per capita were in Malta. So clearly a temple will be built in Valletta sometime soon, everybody. Oh, yeah, I'm expecting that. <laughs> and it will serve Tunisia as well. Oh, dear. And well, then uh, one last one. We have a fun little video. Maybe we can link to this. That the church made for Australia. Uh, I'm not really sure why, but just because. And it was all about like diversity in Australia, which was actually really just in Sydney. So it was kind of fun. I saw some familiar faces, but that was about it. It's a nice little inspirational one, kind of like our inspirational hymn. No, sacred hymn. I am not on top of the names today. You're going to be okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, 
Back on our leaders, Vice President Mike Pence came to Salt Lake City and met with some Latter-day Saint apostles and a member of the 70. Oh, what a fun time for everyone to be alive. So This was uh, was a fun one. You know, um, (laughs) I like all the comments. (laughs) Anyway, uh, it it was fun. I think it was interesting. So Elder Rasband was there. Who who else was there? I forget. I'm looking at the ABC. Elder Rasband. Elder Ballard. um, Elder Elder, Elder Ballard's 90 now. When did that happen? Is he really? Elder Ballard's 90 years old. I missed this. Uh I mean, I I, I always think of him as being 84, just forever. I don't how, think I really imagine an age. Youthful he is. 84, always. Okay. Um, they all and met. We... And also Jack and Gerard of the 70 was there. And Elder Gerard is interesting because he, I believe, used to actually be a- uh, He was a lobbyist, wasn't he? Used to be a hardcore lobbyist. He was the CEO of the American Petroleum Institute. Yep. Yeah. Of, over Go here us in, climate change. Over yeah. here in my neck of the woods. <laughs> so, I mean- People have their feelings about the current administration, even Latter-day Saints. Uh, But this is what you do. You know, if the vice president's coming through Utah, you send your dignitaries to meet him. And that's what you do. That's a normal part of life, right? And that's fine. And so they met. They talked about things. Uh, I admit, I didn't adore Elder Rasband's comment. that They talked about faith, family, and freedom. That's going to go over real well in Utah, which to me just felt like it was dabbling a bit too much in, hey, buddy, this is how you win the state next time around. But uh, apparently they didn't talk politics. Yeah, that that and the funny thing about that airing closely to that is Elder Rasband is the token Democrat in the twelve, and he's the one who uttered such a thing. So who knows? Who I knows? Know that. But I okay, so we were on the same page with that. I just thought that was a bit of a It was strange. Like, okay, I don't know why you need to be giving like pro tips <laughs> yeah, on how to make sort things of go like, well in Utah, but here's how it'll work in Utah, but we're not talking politics. Yeah, I it's a it's a mix. I mean, you got Mike Pence, the evangelical, and the Mormon leaders. They're all it's fine, but they stressed how much they want to have missionaries go everywhere. So, I, and they're all about religious freedom. Like, here is the charge, Vice President Pence, get us to send missionaries to Yemen. Come on, man. There was also a bit where I loved that they um, Venezuela somehow come came up how uh, could because it not? well, <laughs> I mean. Uh, when a bunch of old white dudes get together in Salt Lake City, how does Venezuela? How is Venezuela not going to come up? Yes. Yeah. Um, well, I, I guess, I don't know. I'm curious as to who brought it up, but I'm imagining, let's say it was the church who brought it up because they're concerned about um, the saints and the people there, obviously, because they're having a bit of a um, tough time in Venezuela at the moment. Um, but it just, there wasn't a whole lot that they kind of said, except that you know, they discussed a need for humanitarian aid and assistance for refugees in this area. Um, well, they've got so, a lot of problems right now in Venezuela. They do. So that's I feel like there are a lot of things that I want to say, but I'm I am also going to not discuss. You are a politics. private citizen. You can say anything <laughs> you want, Josie. <laughs> yeah, um, I love that there was one. Uh, report that like noted that they did not include a prayer at the meeting. Fight over over who they were praying to. They're like, look, we prayed heavenly father. <sighs> you might be praying to Jesus. Cause for some reason you think they're all one person, which makes no sense. Vice president Pence. I would love it not to be diplomatic and have elder president Ballard. Just be like, look, I'm going to tell you what's wrong with your belief system. 
and explain it to you in a way that you understand. Why don't we challenge? See, because Trump doesn't care. He's irreligious, right? But mm. Pence is hardcore evangelical. We should cares. be Bible bashing him mm. in these settings. Show him what's up. I feel like that's a missed opportunity. Why should we embrace ecumenism and, you know, kumbaya stuff when we can instead, you know, really get in there? Mm. All right. Another quick mention here. A uh, stake president was in Tennessee. I'm, I forgot if he was living in Tennessee or if he was just in Tennessee. Either way. He was at the Opry Mills Shopping Center, which is right by the Grand Ole Opry, east of downtown Nashville. And he was using his phone to film a woman in, uh, or this is all allegedly. Oh, that's this one. Was this in Tennessee? Oh, yes. Oh, my bad. Sorry, guys. I assumed it was Utah. Yeek. Okay. Um, I didn't, I missed that bit. Yeah, he, um, was, he was just hanging out there and he, he used his phone to be a little bit of a voyeur for a woman in the dressing room at an H&M. This is yeah. H&M is loving this publicity. This is great for their brand. I have mostly I the have old lots white guy. Of, in there. Lots of questions about this story. For starters, like well, so obviously the woman who is recorded, she's the one who reported it. Um but she also kind of confronted him about it. So, it sounds like one she thought he was a staff member, which um already sure. I'm confused about. Um two she she noticed the camera like being poked through the curtain like while she was changing and then kind of it sounds like she kind of chased him down and like watched or like made sure that he deleted it um maybe that's not quite accurate but that's kind of the vibe that i was getting from the articles was that she sort of confronted him and could confirm that there were pictures of her on his phone right and then there's also something about his wife being in there of like trying to like get her to calm down and like, so sorry, this won't happen again, kind of a thing. And I'm like, what? Is this a family outing? What is going That's on? The weirdest p- that is the weirdest part. That's the weirdest part. Like, what is she doing? Yeah. So um, he's been removed from his church callings, oh, okay. correct? But yes. not necessarily. Um, um, I, I haven't heard anything about like uh, additional church discipline. Well, right? and, there, and we might the, not. I mean, we might. Yeah, there, we're probably much more at a point of like needing law enforcement to kind of take this one. Which he has. He was arrested. Yeah. Um, so, I, at least I, I applaud the church for taking swift action on this. Usually, I've seen so many instances of you know bad things like this, and they just kind of say we will take appropriate steps. And da da da. This time they just said, yeah, he's out, and that's yeah, that. yeah. I think that's good. I think that gives us faith in our institutions to protect people. I loved one of the comments on the Facebook page, which was like, can I get a vote of thanks? Oh, no, we're moving on. <laughs> they should try to sustain him. <laughs> see what happens. Let's put that into practice. Let's see what really goes down. Oh, All right, I'm going to do another quick mention, and then I'll turn it over yes, to you please. again, Josie. A poor missionary okay. was going to the MTC. All right, this wonderful young man who I believe has put his football career on pause was at the Chukarama in Orem, which was his first mistake in the defense of everybody else. And, uh, Chukarama. It's a buffet. That's awful. Oh, buffets in general are bad because they're not, I've been away for too long. Clearly. Anyway. Um, but seriously, this said, so he was going, they were going to Chukarama, then going to the MTC to drop him off. And while in the Chukarama in Orem, they were robbed, and his luggage was stolen out of the family vehicle before going on his mission, which is just sad. But sad. I also want to use this as a moment to comment on one of our Facebook commenters. 
And some people who, while I'm not saying that if we we post something with a snarky voice, it's always funny per se. I believe the caption said, this is why there are no temples in Orem, but two in Provo. Provo is the more righteous city where theft has never occurred, clearly. Um, The people who comment and say things like, there are temples in places with much higher crime levels than Orem, Utah, and they take everything very seriously (laughs) and get into passionate arguments about how this is unfair to Orem or something. But at risk of being guilty of libel, I will stand by my words about the city of Orem. You have no business pretending you are as righteous as Provo. None. Oh, boy. Okay. I have nothing to say about this. Like, I don't even think I could point out Orem on the map, really. I just don't know Utah that well. It's above slash next to Provo. Oh. Oh, they're like neighbors. Yeah, they're adjacent cities. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Okay. All right. If you've been Sorry. to if you've been to the university mall, that's in Orem. Uh, the Costco is in Orem. I don't know. Come I'm on, sorry, man. Jack. You're talking to the wrong person. All right, whatever. Continue on. We're 45 minutes into this shindig, and we haven't even yeah. Got all the, so we're gonna the hit stuff. the the headliner, which is there's a new handbook two change that has um, slightly altered the language around bringing firearms to church or to meeting houses. So now it, instead of it saying um, that it was inappropriate, it is now prohibited and um, chaos ensues. Um, This is like, obviously just a very, uh, this is a US specific amendment. Um, I I don't think that that we have this problem anywhere else. Um, But um, lest anyone be confused. Don't bring your gun to church. This That's is, all I got. This is blown up, though. Um, yes. So I, I'd actually seen that um, someone from Texas had tweeted that they had a like a specific like southwestern U.S. I think, which was mostly just Texas announcement, like read from the pulpit um, yes, um, yes. on Sunday, which was you know confirming that. Um, to not bring them and but i think there's also like a law in texas where why, yes. if you're not able to like because you can conceal carry there so if you're uh, establishing a place which you cannot conceal carry then you have to um also post signs you have to provide Con- notice yeah yeah so yes, there's an exemption yes. let everyone the, know there's an exemption in the texas law for religious places but you have to provide some kind of notice so rather than put like a sign up on the chapel they encourage the leadership to read it and that provided the notice for the members and that's why oh okay so you don't have to do the sign because i think a lot of people were like I mean, oh they- well that's just gonna put a target on our back everyone's gonna know there's no guns there i'm like <laughs> ah. Uh, anyway, yeah, I mean, I don't know if they will at some point, but I believe that that fulfills part of the obligation the by announcing it and saying, like, look, here's the new standard. Because usually something like this that's just a minor revision, seemingly so, in Handbook 2, yes. is going to go without notice. Um, but it's been fascinating for me to watch the reaction amongst Latter day Saints. So, what have you over seen over the past few days? So, we, we wrote a story about this on Saturday and it blew up. And I don't want to like take all the credit or anything. It's not like this is something that we created per se, but I didn't see much in the way of the rest of the media pick up on it until today. And so I think they, I think this story that we wrote, because I've seen the numbers, it went pretty you far. started it. it. It was all over the place. I believe like 
they must have seen it from us. Obviously, they're not going to say like quote us because Jeff, you should take credit. This is the worst. Well, way I can take credit. What I'm saying take is, it's credit, not like man, you broke the news. What I'm saying is, nobody has to give us credit for it because it's just something that's in the church's handbook. It's not something that like we created firsthand and for which we are due credit. Of- but, of course, um, but you read the handbook, clearly. No one else did. That's but, what I'm but, trying to get at okay, here. Okay, but as a quick segue, with that said, though, Peggy Fletcher Stack wrote an article about it, and we are quoted in Peggy Fletcher Stack's article. Yes! About this, which is pretty, which is, you know, we, we tease about PFS and Kathy Stevenson, but over there at the very end, it was pretty funny because I saw she publish the article, and I was going to be like, I thought to myself, where's my shout out, Peggy? I did this! And sure enough, the last two paragraphs mention says. Oh, see, right? I'm sure she wouldn't have quoted you if you had done the shout Probably out. Not. Actually, I would have loved it if she'd done. Yeah, so I don't. Know. I thought that that actually kind of made my day. I mean, I know You've it's Peggy it. Fletcher Stack, but I'm like, hey, here we are, man. This week in Mormons getting name dropped in the Salt Lake Tribune and yes. saying, "quote, calling something inappropriate might have been enough for many to assume firearms were verboten at church." Openshaw wrote, but the church obviously felt compelled to remove any ambiguity and firmly prohibit the weapons, which it Openshaw did. Openshaw wrote, "Yeah, man, this is it." it. So I don't want to pat myself on the back, though, because I think this is, a, I mean, it's cool for me, but this is an interesting issue in general, because so many comments, I'd say the majority of them I see, like on our Facebook wall, for example, and elsewhere, everyone's just like, no, I'm not complying with this. I'm still bringing my gun. I, I saw yeah. one person who commented who said, my gun was baptized with me. Oh. Yeah. And I'm not trying to say that as... But isn't that... Wait, like literally? No, no. I think they're they're saying like my gun is like a sanctified vessel that is a part of me. They're not. I don't imagine the church would be okay with someone taking their firearm into the fire. I was gonna say, <laughs> isn't that just like like that? That's just gonna ruin your gun, isn't it? Uh, you know, it depends on the model. Submerged. Anyway, um, th- so it's it's funny to me because I mentioned that before with like you know, for example, many people are say they even ask us, why are you still called this weekend Mormons? And yet here we have a, direct, really? a directive about firearms. And the church since then, this isn't just us reading into it, has confirmed the change and confirmed that firearms themselves are prohibited at church facilities. So this isn't just the gospel of how Jeff wanted to see it, right? This isn't my interpretation. This is what it is. Um, but people don't want to hear it. And selective obedience is so funny to me. And we all do it in, for different things and different reasons, right? I mean, and, you know, I, I mean... We all have our stuff. I get it. But it's so interesting to me how much outright from tip what I assume are typically uh, conservative voices that would stress obedience and follow the prophet. But in this instance, mm-hmm. there's like, uh-uh. I've seen peop- that people are commenting like, Nelson's always been against the Second Amendment. <laughs> I was just waiting. Like, when is that going to come up? Uh, it didn't take long. Did I mean, it? like some people say too bad. I think that there should be a calling for one person in the ward to be have a concealed carried weapon. I saw that. Like U.S. Marshals at church, I guess. Um, some people just say, you know, like, hey, the prophet prayed about this. And so what we got to do, good enough for us. I, some people had some very thoughtful comments, though. I like that they said, look, I, I'm, I have a firearm, but the pre- even the previous text said inappropriate, and that was enough for them. They said, like, I keep my gun, I put it in the glove box when I get to church, and that's good enough for me. And then I put it back on my person when I leave. But uh, people are saying, what's the legal definition of meeting house then? What's the oh, legal definition? What's the definition of lethal? What's the definition uh-huh. of a weapon then? Um, oh, gosh. 
There's so much hypocrisy. Does Nelson actually think criminals will go and look up Handbook 2 and obey it? What are they going to do? Excommunicate me? I mean... I would love to see this added to the list. Probably not. This should be added to the list of Temple Recommend questions. Do you obey the edict not to bring firearms to church? Oh my gosh. That would be the most random and unnecessary question, but I just want to see what happens if it gets incorporated into the 12 questions. I mean, you'd kind of have the rest of the planet rolling their eyes. But well, I imagine yes. your perspective, I mean, you probably only hear about it from, you know, social media and stuff. I imagine most of the rest of the world is just like, huh? I think they probably haven't really noticed this. Um, well, I mean, seeing what, what we're dealing with here in the States, I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure. Oh, oh, like gun gun laws and yeah, all of the entire issue. Yes, it's a collective eye roll and sadness and depression and... um mostly confusion of people kind of just not sure on like why this matters so much. So I'll like try to explain both sides a little bit. And most of them are still shaking their heads at me. Like, no, no, it just, no, you clearly have a problem. This is how you fix it, which is their opinion. And they, you know, anyways, like, so like it's oh, like here's a good quote that says, you know, this change isn't going to affect rolling. members elsewhere. It says, because none of them are gun crazy. Like we are, they don't carry guns around everywhere. They don't bring guns to church. They're probably shocked that this rule even has to be made in the first place. Yeah, that would be accurate. So, um, but I mean, it does. So, and that needs to be, it, it clearly needed to be specified for the U.S. in particular. And so, I don't know what else to say on that one, Jeff. I mean, like, I don't agree with it. I think you probably you probably don't need your gun at church. I don't. But I, mean, I understand not, that a lot of people really feel like it needs to come with me everywhere. But yeah, that's well, I'm not. I'm not a gun not a, person. It's not a global church thing. No, I mean, but but it is in the global handbook. I mean, yeah, I'm not a gun person yeah. myself. Uh, but I just find it very interesting that it's been specified. And of course, this is in the wake of back yeah. in July. Back in July, they had the shooting where a guy walked into church and shot a guy during sacrament meeting, yeah. like right there. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there are passionate points of view about this with people saying like, look, who's going to protect us? And of course, we can throw right back and say, well, who would have protected them in Toledo? It took them what? What was it? Nine yeah. seconds until they put down the gunman in Toledo, but he killed thir- like you know, six people during that time frame. We could argue this stuff all day long. I mean, we could go to the Book of Mormon and it'd be the anti-Nephi-Lehi's, right? And, and I think that's a funny example of this, too. It's like, you, you, <laughs> could say, you could say, well, where is our faith? The anti-Nephi-Lehi's yeah. buried their weapons of war and then willingly said, fine, I'm not going to worry about fighting you. I know I know where I stand with my maker. And eventually the Lamanites had compassion on them. Of course, some you know were murdered before that point came around, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not exactly expecting, like, if there were a horrible situation of, like, a shooter actually coming into a church, I'm not exactly expecting them to have compassion at that moment. No, no, me neither. Just... <laughs> but I'm like, I, uh, when I'm, I don't own a gun. So if I were in the U.S., it's just, it's not, it's not where my mind goes. And you're, fr- thinking... you're from a gun happy region of our, of the U.S., too. I mean, you're from, am I? You're from the Phoenix area. I mean, that's pretty. Yeah. See that there's there's been this funny thing that I have there. slowly started realizing, which is that when people talk about um, Arizona, I, it doesn't connect with where I feel like I grew up. So I didn't like as an adult, I didn't realize that there was a whole lot of connotations around like Mesa and a lot of it being very much um, kind of judgy, judgy like Utah sort of does, and or 
at least that's what the stereotypes are. Um, and anyways, it's been a little bit interesting being an adult and people kind of give me the eyebrow of like, oh, you're from Mesa. I'm like, oh, what does that mean? I don't know. I was never in the in crowd in Mesa, so I feel a little bit of an outsider. And I didn't have a gun, so clearly I'm missing out. Well, now you're this crazy so internationalist bringing all your socialism back. So I, I that that's it. Well, g- gun issues are interesting for me because I've known plenty of people growing up. You know, family members of mine who of carry guns responsibly. But of course, California yeah. has its own set of rules about guns that are more stringent. You know, keeping within the confines of the Second Amendment and what have you. Um, so I mean, I didn't grow up with them in my home. I we'd shoot them for scouting and stuff, and I thought it was fun. But, yeah, uh, of course. It's but, fun. But it's interesting to see how much the culture of something that people are very passionate about can run up against a standard the church has put out and how people just don't care. Like Very much so. Who's going to say, well, that's what the church wants? I have my faith. Do you think people— I will, I will comply. And that is, Do you think people are more riled up about this than they were about um, like medicinal marijuana? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. By— by time? leaps and bounds, yes. All right, there you go. Much more so. Interesting. Much, much more so. And um, well, I, I had. Can, can we shift? I had one yeah, question, yeah, yeah. not on this, but it was kind of related to like how um, um, the, the I think the theme of this whole episode is sort of like when you have a church leader say one thing. Um, versus like, what is a directive from the prophet? And, you know, kind of how people, we like to sort of cherry pick on, oh, that one's doctrine, that one's cultural, we're not going to go with that. Um, I'm still going to take my firearm to church, that sort of thing. Um, and one of those I felt like was, um, President Oaks, who was giving advice to couples in Blackfoot, Idaho. And it was one of those sort of situations where I felt like when we have, uh, our general authorities come and speak, uh, this is mostly like their own personal advice, but it's obviously still um, based around our gospel principles. Is this one of those things where people kind of go, mm, I don't quite agree with that. Like that's his opinion of what he would do in his relationship, but not necessarily something that I need to do in my relationship. Do you know what I'm, do you know what I mean? I mean, a little bit. It depends on how specific he was getting in this. Situation. Um, so there was like, there was one bit where, oh, now my link's not working. Oh, rats. Um, Did the Idaho there was State one bit where, like, oh, I see it right here. One hundred over one hundred couples at a local gathering in Blackfoot, Idaho. <laughs> yes, <laughs> there are one hundred um, couples in Blackfoot, Idaho. That's uh, yeah, quite possible. I actually think that's accurate. Um, so, uh, like, he had some good things about, like, you know. You should continue to look at your spouse like you did when you sat across the altar from them in the temple. Da da da. That's nice. And then they're a bit about like how competition in a marriage is not a good thing and that you need to, um, like your separate, where was the quote? In your separate responsibilities in your marriage, you will be helping one another and committed to the success of another. Great. Okay. But competition in a marriage is not good unless you can see who's reading, like, or finishing the Book of Mormon first and chuckle, chuckle. Um, but like Been to there. me, actually, I feel like healthy competition is a good thing in my marriage. Like it works, for, at least for myself and my husband. But I can't, I don't know. It was one of the, there were a few things um, that they'd sort of said where I wasn't, uh, I wondered if, uh, like with this talk and um, some other talks, again, if it's just kind of feels like they're, giving their own personal advice and how they see things, is this something that we're less likely to think is doctrine? 
I guess I'm trying to get at that line. Where's the doctrine? Where's the personal opinion? Is there no line? Help me out, Jeff. Uh, I don't know. Um, it's just, maybe it's just opinion. Um, but there was one as well. This one was, was kind of interesting about, um, who was it? Elder, some, one of the 70 named Elder Hathaway, who had a comment oh, yeah. about LGBT, um, where he just said that, um, he had a few comments about gender identification. And while we recognize what LGBT <laughs> means, we do not use those labels when we're talking about people. We do not say, for example, that a person is gay. We say that a person struggles with same gender attraction. And I kind of went, what? Well, and then he says it's because when we make the label, it like, because are we, we trying to say that like all labels are bad, but like you're saying that labeling we makes are latter day saints. That's a label too. I don't, so this was kind of one that I kind of was scratching my head at. And maybe that's why I needed to answer this question was I was kind of like, this one feels like opinion. This one does not feel like. Um, yeah. Yeah. This part. Yeah. Was, I'm uh, not sure well, well, on the whole, that one, the whole article from the Idaho is State strange. Journal, totally pivots. It's like a couple paragraphs about Elder Oaks and then it goes to the yeah. quotes from Elder Hathaway. And then and it then just goes, goes off like on Ed, Ed Smart, Smart coming yeah. out as gay the other week. Yeah. So I'm sure there was great like couples advice. But again, I'm still a bit like uh how how far am I supposed to read it? Maybe that just needs to be a very personal decision on how far you read into correct. couple I think advice. That sounds good. Okay. All right. That's why you weren't answering my where's the line is because I don't know. Line. I think, I think, <laughs> I don't, yeah, I think you but, just figure that stuff out. I don't think the brethren exist yeah. to tell us how to live every single little part of our relationships Agreed. to give us some good advice and guidelines and things that can help us as we prayerfully figure out how to apply it into our own relationships. And that's fine. Agreed. I wouldn't stress out about it. I think you're going to be okay. No, not stressing out, but I... You seem I, stressed out. Yeah. No, there were just really? more moments where I was kind of scratching my head, especially on the LGBT one. That's fair. I think that um, part was a strange... a strange. It was a strange, yeah, yeah, little curve in that article. Anyways, anyway. that's all I had on that one. Well, thank you. So... And folks... Couples advice. I think that's all we're going to do this week, everybody. That's the show. That's it. I'm not going to tell you about McKenna Denson needing a lawyer because she's going to get one, or Richard Dutcher's lawsuit getting thrown out for his movie about the other movie. Yeah, there you go. I said it. That's all I have to say about that. As I said earlier, please visit us on our web properties and follow us on social media. That'll make your life wonderful, mostly Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you have not become a patron on Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash This Week in Mormons, where I ask you for $1 a month. One dollar everyone think about it we know you can't go to starbucks anymore after all that word of wisdom stuff the other week even if you're buying a non-coffee drink because everything at starbucks has coffee so you those frappuccinos so use the four dollars <laughs> that the double chocolatey chip would have cost you divide it by four and use one of those dollars for twim that is my math <laughs> you make it possible everybody josie thanks for uh hanging out with us this week Thank you for having me. Always great to see you, and uh, we hope you'll come back soon. Plan to. Okay. Good deal. Hope you all have a great week, everybody. Thanks for making Twim yours. Can't do it without you. So uh, until we meet again next week, I believe we're going to be with our friend uh, Kurt Frankham once more, and he's got some cool stuff to tell you that he's doing next week at the same time. So we're excited for that. Until then, for Josie, I'm Jeff. Be well, be holy, and be happy.